T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. something from the Todd Feinberg show listen to the podcast on WTIC.com slash podcast good afternoon fascinating conversation with Michael Harrison about the universe and the new telescope and stuff Greg calling from New Britain hello Greg hey Todd thanks for taking my question thank you just um I'm just wondering if the telescope allows us to see further is it correct to assume the light is traveling further and you know it's therefore older because if we're extending our line of yes further how do can we how can we assume yep. that you know and then another question i have is wait how do you assume what um can i ask a second question yeah but i just wanted to understand the first one how do you well never mind oh, go ahead if, like if the telescope allows us to see further mm-hmm. how is it right to assume the light is traveling further because really Yes, we're we're observing closer to the telescope. The light might not necessarily be traveling further. You understand what I'm saying? Uh, we have to wait for the light to get here, which I, I think is why he said that we could see back to the beginning of time, because it takes that long for the light to get here. So we're we're reading light that's been traveling forever, basically. Yeah, but we're we're looking further, so we're like exactly like yes. we're we're extending our, from our end. We're extending further. So, is the light really traveling further? That's my question. Oh, I, I think we're sitting here waiting for it to get here, and we have new technology that allows us to perceive it. But I could be wrong about that. What was your second question? Because we only have thirty seconds. Why does it take six hours to fly to California? If California is only three hours behind us by the revolution of the earth. Why does it take six hours to fly there? And well, it's because uh, it's 3,000 miles away and go, we're traveling 600 miles an hour. And you have to fly against the jet stream. Yes, against the wind. We're flying against the wind. Now, I'm hoping that when we go to the BPS Lawyers Traffic Center, Mark Christopher will, will be down from his flight up to look at the... Uh, to look at the new telescope. Oh, here he goes. Here he goes. He's always got the tunes for us. Seems, Seems like, like yesterday. yesterday. <laughs> but it was long ago. See, that's it. That's it. It, it seems like yesterday. It was long ago. That's exactly. right. Thank you for that, Mark.
You always have the, the insights. I don't know how you do that. <laughs> we are traveling against the wind. Classic Rock 1080. It's the Todd Feinberg Show, live from the NJ Diet Studios on WTIC News Talk 1080. Good afternoon. Cirque du Soleil Corteo is coming to the XL Center in Hartford December 15th through the 18th. It's an exciting new show that plunges the audience into a theatrical world of fun, comedy, and spontaneity. Situated in a mysterious space between heaven and earth, right on topic for us, isn't it? Tickets go on sale Monday, July 18th through xlcenter.com, but you can win a pair of tickets right now by giving us a call. Be the second caller at 860-522-9842, our regular number. Give us a call right now and win a pair of tickets to see Cirque du Soleil Corteo in December at the XL. How's about that? Pretty pretty nice stuff for you. And we will be giving those away again today and and also throughout the week. In a minute, we're going to talk to Kimberly Fiorello, but let's get Rob from Higginham in. Hello, Rob. Yeah, yeah. hello, Todd. Um, uh, yeah, you and Anthony have a great show. Um, yeah, I heard that Circus Soleil thing. I've heard somebody say, I think it's the same thing in uh, Las Vegas or something. They said it's very good. Excellent. But, um, Thank you for that. But, you know, I don't know if it's the same, uh, whatever. But um, but the Michael Harris, I listen to that guy all the time, you know, all the weekends. So I'm a you know faithful listener to him on the mm-hmm. weekend. And it, I know it's recorded. You know, he lets you know that, which is not nice. But um, my, my whole point is about this space, um, this uh, $3.9 billion, uh, $72.10 Well, I deal with things like uh, instruments. And I'm just, I'm just thinking the uh, accuracy. We, we can't tell if Iraq has weapons of mass destruction or not. And, and we know we're going to clarify these numbers. And what's the uh, purpose of this coming out? And, and my other point is about instruments. I could take like a, there's a micron reading of absolute vacuum, which is 29.94, which is the vacuum of, uh, I would assume, outer space. But I could manipulate it with a, a chemical, uh, HCFC, hydrogen, chlorine, fluorine, and carbon, mm-hmm. and I could uh, manipulate the reading on this instrument. And, You're saying um, that it's so easy for a measurement to be thrown off that how can they, how can they make uh, legitimate estimates that, that we can Yeah, change? how do you know the instrument's accurate? Yeah, well, is, I, is this a voting machine by Nancy Pelosi? I mean, jokingly. <laughs> but, but, you know, I mean, you're laughing, but you know what I'm saying? Well, you made a joke, but, yeah, I know what you're saying. Thank you for that, Rob. Good to hear from you. Steven Springfield, what's on your mind? Hello, Steve. All right, we'll skip Steve. Let's go to Kimberly Fiorella. She's our scheduled guest state representative from Greenwich. Hello, Kimberly. Hi there. I um, so enjoyed that earlier conversation. Um, on on add, uh, space and such? Yeah, about, yeah, about space, but also um, the importance of, of you know having a conversation on morals and ethics and being honest and true, but I just want to share with your audience if 
they have children. There's a beautiful book out there called Your Place in the Universe by mm-hmm. this guy, Jason Chin. And it takes the height of the book and it goes through about 30 pages and it starts out with the height of the book, the height of a tree, then a building, um, then like the edge of space and then the height of the International Space Center. And, mm-hmm. and it just takes these kids' minds all the way out to the galaxy, you know, galaxy cluster. One step at a time with, with yeah. um, giving perspective with these different levels. Yes. But it starts with, like, how tall the book is compared to you. And uh, it is a fantastic book because it really shows children, you know, the the true magnitude of the whole universe, the galaxy, everything, and how beautiful it is and how it is possible for their their young minds to conceive of Mm -hmm. such a vastness. Um, And it's kind of magical. Well, I love that, that what you're saying, Kimberly, because when I think about where we're at with our technology today, the the bigness of the Internet somehow is a very narrowing thing. It, it, it's like it pummels us with so much data without providing context or relevance or imagination necessarily that what you're describing is a beautiful thing for children to be going through, the idea that they can be awakened to the vastness of what is unknown to us but is dancing all around us all the time and we don't see. Yeah, it's so tangible because, you know, they just take this book and they're like, an ostrich is five times of this book, and then it just goes on from there. So highly recommend it, and it's a great conversation to have with our kids about the universe and um, imagining what is unseen, but giving it to them in a way um, that they can kind of perceive it because they have a book that's in their hand and you're talking about, you know, incrementally showing them how big everything gets. But One of, um, the, um, one of the things I like about the work you do as a state representative, Kimberly, you're, you're uh, just finishing up your first term, I believe, and I, I like that you're approaches to spend a lot of time teaching people about what you learn being inside the building in Hartford. And one of the other things, earlier in the hour with Michael Harrison, we were talking about how how uh, dumb we, we are as a people, in a sense, because we don't get accurate information conveyed to us by elected officials. So I think that's, I just wanted to, it made me think of you and, and how hard you work to make sure people understand what's really going on instead of the two-dimensional talking point thing that that we're deceived by. Well, thank you. Um, You know, I, that, that is the part of the work that keeps me coming back, you know, and deciding to run for re-election is um, it has been, I feel like that's where I've made the most impact. Um, In fact, I just finished reading an article. It was in the, National Review about, um, you know, these teachers who are trying to work around the fact that Connecticut has so many workarounds on Janus, teacher unions that are uh, members who are saying, you know, I don't necessarily want to join this union, but we have implemented all these laws that allow the unions to not actually let people have the freedom that the Janus ruling gave them, which is you cannot be compelled to join a union. And um, I'm, I'm going to do a Zoom call with these fantastic um, Constitution teachers, mm-hmm. Constitution state educators, to um, let regular people, you know, all of us, know what these 
people are going through, what it's like for them when they have to make, you know, go through the process of trying to get out of a union. It's so unusual. I mean, not all of us work uh, in an environment where there is a state union and have that pressure of only being able to exit one time a year. But um, these teachers feel that there are others who are with them and they want to uh, share the message and let them know you're not alone and share the process. And so, um, yeah, I, I feel that that's the best service I can do in a state like ours is we got to get informed and engaged. And mm-hmm. then um, we're going to change it and make sure it really does reflect we the people. We do have the power in our hands if we get mobilized to use it. The, you know, even in the most oppressed country, rulers are, uh, are carefully looking for signals of what the mood of the electorate is, so to speak. I don't know what they call it in, in a society where there are no elections. But, but the, the citizens have the control in any country, but particularly in ours, because the mechanisms remain in place for us to to uh, implement new policies if we if we to force them on the elected officials if we choose and they keep us with disinformation and just keeping us out of the loop with with cover-ups they make sure that we don't get mobilized and and i think uh, the kind of work that you're doing again is is the key to that mobilization uh, well, thank you. And I, I do think that it does work. You know, there's a reason why the right to assembly is one of our protected rights, because mm-hmm. uh, when we get together, um, there's power in knowledgeable citizens, and it doesn't have to be all of us, even just uh, enough of us, just a few of us can make a difference. But I, I had texted that I'd love to talk about inflation a little bit, and I don't know if you had a chance to, but Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't see your text. But yeah, let's. Uh, it's certainly a big topic today because it's been quantified to new record setting numbers that the governor and others are across the Democratic Party are saying is no big deal. Don't worry about it. Absolutely. And in a way, you know, as a state legislator, you know, maybe topics of inflation are not on my purview. They're sort of above my pay grade. But that's really not the case. And uh, you know, inflation, I was just speaking with my mother-in-law, and she recalled earlier times where everything got very expensive, and she was like, I was back then beginning life. Um, and, you know, she's just so disheartened to see this kind of come back in our country. But 9.1% of broad-based increases basically means everything is getting more expensive. But it's really is there, there are people are going to be hurt in different ways. It's not just that, yes, Milk is expensive, and you know maybe uh, um, you know you just buy I don't know just a, a few less things. It's it's much more insidious than that. This thing called inflation, and um, you know people who are living off of savings and fixed income, pensioners and older people, they really will see their their ability to buy stuff erode. But you also have people who are earning incomes and profits and wages, and they're going to get pushed in to higher income tax brackets mm-hmm. by these inflation adjustments to their salaries. And at the same time, they're not necessarily richer, of course, because they are also suffering with all of us, a decreased spending power. So there are some among us who will see ourselves get pushed into a higher income tax bracket. Um, everybody who's running a business right now, they have like increasing costs 
in their whether it's wages or all of their inputs. And inflation causes incredible distortions, and they don't get the signals that they need as business owners and, and business operators on where to make their investments. Like, what is a real cost increase and a signal for demand versus what is just inflation? And so they're going to hold off on making these investments, and they won't take risks, and businesses don't grow during this time where ever, you know, inflation is happening. So sound money is such an imperative for a thriving society, and it's a moral, it's a moral qualm. So when we see our government, you know, spend and um, say that it's for all of these social services, we really have to see the bigger picture that they cause so much harm with all the spending and printing of money that the federal government does, and then there's tremendous spending at the state level as well. Oh, it's unbelievable what they do. And and then there's the of course the the COVID shutdowns were which what now that we know the damage what the, what it what it's like to have the economy crushed by the the weight of bad government policy. We can look differently, I think at COVID and say clearly one of the things they should have been telling us and telling themselves when they were moving ahead with shutdowns is there is a huge cost to shutdowns. And when we're arguing for the beauty of shutdowns because it's going to protect people and save lives, there's another side to the equation, and that is the damage done to lives that is immeasurable from the economic damage they've done to us and the the, the lifestyle cultural damage they've done and the, the closing of businesses and the impact on families. It's just immeasurable, the damage. And they never, and now they take no ownership of it. They still look back as if it was a good thing to shut everything down without regard for whether, where it was necessary and, and where it might not have been. And that big crushing arm of government has now caused all this inflation. And they're going to end up saying, oh, look, oh, look at all the income inequality. But guess what? That when you when you cause inflation, you make rich people richer and people who don't hold a lot of assets that appreciate along with the inflation, like homes and stocks, uh, those people lose ground. It's true. Inflation um, hits everyone, but it doesn't hit them equally. And yes, the, the, there are people who are much more prepared to you know, get through inflation and even thrive during that time. And I think you just pointed on, on a really important point, which is when you don't really understand what is causing it, you get to a level of like bitterness and disillusionment, mm -hmm. and you almost demand more like totalitarian controls on the economy. You know, you, we can't let ourselves dig, our, dig deeper into this hole of government controls on our economy. We need our citizens to see really clearly that this inflation that's inflicting us is the result of politicians and policies. These yes. are decisions that leaders made. I'm and sorry, we I've got to get out it's of a them. Great, it's a great point. I, I'm out of time, so okay. I've, I've got to run. But Kimberly Fiorella, state rep from Greenwich, thank you for being here. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours 
and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's gonna go! Alvarez ties the game! Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Miss something from the Todd Feinberg Show? Listen to the podcast on WTIC.com slash podcast. It's very interesting watching what's going on politically right now. I didn't get to play this whole Kamala Harris cut before, but I I want you to hear it because she's so, the stuff she's saying is so dumb that it's kind of uh, mind-boggling, but She's depending on you not understanding, not seeing the stupidity of what she's saying, the contradictions. Let me get her going here. Before I begin, I will address this month's CPI report. There is no question that we still have work to do. That's the inflation. Now, that's a good thing for a politician to say we still have work to do, because at least it's acknowledging that everything is a disaster, even though she's about to say that it's not really that bad. But it is important to note that these numbers do not fully reflect the recent drop in gas prices. Why would any number fully reflect the recent drop of gas prices? You know, it's like if she stood up and said, the um, the fact that Ned Lamont is governor of Connecticut does not reflect the current feelings of the electorate. Average national gas prices have fallen every day for nearly 30 days. The popularity of the president has dropped every day for the past year and a half since mid-june prices are down 40 cents a gallon since june the president's cognitive ability cognitive abilities are down 40 percent fighting inflation is one of our administration's top economic priorities we have many top priorities that we fail miserably at doing anything to achieve which is why we have taken action to lower the cost of living for Americans, millions of Americans. Which, as you know, we spend tons of money to mitigate the sensation of the pain that we're causing. But all of that spending is what caused the inflation in the first place. We are releasing one million barrels of oil a day. Which we have been doing for months. And still, the pain is agonizing trying to make ends meet. It's costing... a a few thousand dollars a year for the average American, despite our best efforts. From the Strategic Petroleum Reserve, 
to lower prices at the pump. Which we've done knowing it wouldn't achieve anything, but at least it gives us a political talking point. We have reduced high-speed Internet bills. We have reduced the speed of everything. For millions of Americans. Who? Who got these lower Internet bills? What are you talking about? And we passed a tax cut to give working families up to $8,000 a year. Wow. Working fa You mean poor people? The ones who used to vote for, well, maybe they still are voting for Democrats, but working people have given up on Democrats. Which means giving folks more room in their budgets to buy food, medication, and school supplies for their children. All right, I just want right, Christopher Jay, to hear. Yeah, yeah, get rid of them, Mark, and talk with us, okay? We're going to the BPS Lawyers Traffic Center. Mark Christopher has is the incredible multitasker and once in a while we catch them which we try to do hey mark yeah i just found out cardi b gave her a uh, four-year-old daughter fifty thousand dollars cash for as a birthday present. <laughs> and i said i just said well what's so unusual about that right yeah well everybody's <laughs> on different budgets but you yeah. know she gets 20 grand a week for uh, allowance so. and i'll tell you how bad the economy is with inflation <laughs> britney spears ran out of gas on the 101 last night in la about 10 p.m could you wow. imagine helping her out on the freeway I know the, the cop showed up. She was in somebody else's car just sitting there. And then her hu new husband, Sam, showed up. But even she's burning down to the last fume because she can't afford to put gas in her car. That's pretty sad. Were you ready fears. to fly out there to help her? I would have helped Brittany. I kind of like Brittany. I, she's, yes. she's, she's a, a cool nutty, lady. And I think uh, I think she'd be fun to hang out with. For just one night, I wouldn't want to hang out with her for an extended period, oh. but for one night, you it would be stop a, it now. It would be a blast. His you wife is in the room. You sexist. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, you know, but that just shows you right there. People are struggling. Now, back to the Todd Feinberg Show, live from the NJ Diet Studios on WTIC News Talk 1080. Here she is, the Vice President of the United States. President Joe Biden and I are always fighting. I love that she said that. President Joe Biden and I are always fighting. Who wrote that down for her to say? I'm trying to figure this out. What are they, are they trying to ruin her career? President Joe Biden and I are always fighting. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I don't know. Joe I don't want to hear any more of these lies. Yeah. President Joe Biden and I are always fighting. I don't want to hear any more of these lies. You can hear them going at it, can't you? Hey, Joe. <laughs> hey, which Joe are you talking to? You, not him. Sorry. <laughs> I didn't realize you were named after the president. I forgot. No, it's, I don't say that. Hey, you know, who wrote that? The same person who wrote uh, the speech for, for uh, uh, Dr. Jill Biden about how <laughs> Hispanics are as unique as breakfast burritos. Are, are, do, do, uh, I'm assuming that breakfast burritos were invented by, by us, white people, as a, as a riff, as a cultural appropriation? I I have no idea, but I think the only people who care about them are probably us white people. I, it's not. I, I I don't think that the average Hispanic is necessarily uh, obsessed with it. But it is poor speech writing in both cases. I agree with you. The president and me and I are always fighting, and uh, the breakfast tacos are both. They're failures of somebody writing a speech. And then there are failures of somebody reading a speech to even look at it ahead of time and say, do I really want to say this? But nobody's um, got the uh, 
are you going to play a cut for us, Anthony? Is that what you're doing? Or is, is that a mistake? Yeah, I have it. I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh, that's all right. Go ahead. <laughs> and as unique as the breakfast tacos here in San Antonio. <laughs> <laughs> I love the way she also mispronounced bodega. Did you notice that part of it? Well, I noticed that I'd never heard anyone say it like that before, but I wouldn't accuse a, an educator who's the first lady of the United States of mispronouncing an obvious word like that. Yeah, it is. It is a little bit of an obvious word. And I mean, there's, first of all, again, if you're going to give a speech with a Spanish word in it, you'd want to be sure that you know how to pronounce it. But if there's one that you kind of assume that people have come across before, it would be bodega. But uh, there this it shows, is. So. Though Joe, uh, Joe Markley, that is, this demonstrates, I think, the how in that entire world of like the first lady has her own office with her own chief of staff and her own speech writers and the whole shebang and they don't even amongst all of them and i'm, I'm thinking her staff and the president's staff because they're both talking this garbage together the between all of them there isn't enough empathy and connectedness to the people they claim to celebrate so much the diversity they claim to celebrate they're totally clueless so nobody even thinks oh we're gonna you know we claim to love our hispanic voters we claim to love minorities and let's demonstrate just how disconnected and disinterested we are by writing some moronic thing down that the first lady will mispronounce they're just so out of it Yes, exactly. It's true. Not just the politicians. In a way, you can forgive. Biden and his wife have been moving up in some stratosphere for so long that uh, one might imagine that they've never uh, they've never been in a bodega. But uh, the speechwriters are now a kind of a protected class, too, because certainly these are these are just uh, smart young people coming out of Ivy League schools that have a privileged background. Well, exactly. But wouldn't you think that she would say, even Jill would be protective and say, could you have somebody run by here with one of these bodegas? I want to taste one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Or could we just, could, could a Hispanic, could an actual Hispanic person just take a look at this speech before I give it? You know, I mean, do we know any? Send the um, Hispanic person by the house. I'd love to meet one. Hey, I, I wanted to talk about another boneheaded statement. And you were okay. kind of getting at it earlier when you were, uh, when you were referring to, um, uh, when you played uh, the vice president's comments about, you know, these numbers don't reflect the fact that gas has gone <laughs> down recently, which is Lamont saying about the inflation number just today. These are backward looking numbers. <laughs> and you think, yeah, yeah, every statistic, it's like a guy that's hitting 212. And he says, that doesn't mean anything. That's a backward hitting number. The yeah. what matters is what I'm going to hit tonight. Exactly. And it's like, yeah, but the problem is. With the reason that 212 means something is because it's an indication of what you're going to hit tonight, which is nothing. Um, <laughs> well, it's, no also, kind of it's also comparative. If you want to judge baseball players on their performance, you need these backward-looking numbers because you don't have the future ones yet. And certainly no one, no one would argue that if the numbers were good that Biden would say or Harris 
would say, you know, we got some good numbers, but they don't really mean anything. Yeah, they don't mean anything. They're, they're backward looking. Like, what, what's backward inflation going to be tomorrow? I think I've got that cut. I think this is it. I think what you've seen in the last, uh, you know, three or four weeks in terms of declining gas prices, declining um, diesel prices, what you've seen in terms of construction materials and food and um, grain and all those things on the commodity markets, I think we're beginning to bend the curve. Well, he didn't say it there, but he's alluding to um, something similar. He's saying that the numbers over the last period of time, the recent period of time, that if you look at them, they're actually good. So he's now contradicting himself in real time with the same numbers that he's saying you can't look at because they're backward looking. Yeah, you can only look at good numbers. There's the, the question is, are the numbers good for me, which means you should look at them, or are the numbers bad for me, which means they're backward-looking numbers and they can be ignored? And yeah. the most dangerous thing they're doing, that kind of comment that Lamont just made. Wait, let hey, me guess. Know, think, are you going to say that they're trying to tell us that the agony we're feeling is actually good times? And it's, it's almost over. Folks, it's ending. And you say, okay, that's a dangerous thing to say. The election's in November. It's yeah. dangerous to be telling us in, in July, don't worry, everything's going to be okay. Because there's no reason to think it's going to be okay. Inflation doesn't go away that easy. Inflation, yeah, once it gets going, it's, it's all working it all up and down the system to, to keep itself going. I will bet he didn't even ask Annie about this because she would know. And she would tell him that, you know, don't make predictions about the economy. You're, you're probably going to be wrong. And then you're, when you're saying this in real time, you're disconnecting yourself from the emotional reality that, that the voter is experiencing, which you don't want to do. And you're setting yourself up for a fall because what you're predicting is happening is not going to happen. And I just hope that people are paying enough attention that they remember in November what the, the the nonsense that uh, Lamont is spouting in July. Um, hey, and I'll give you one more quote. Okay. I don't think it was scripted, but really, I think the most disturbing quote of the week was uh, Jerome Powell, the head of the um, uh, Federal Reserve, saying, you know, we're learning how much we don't know about inflation. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, this is a great introductory course, Inflation 101. I'm really enjoying it. He's supposed to be the most qualified guy in the country. Why does he say something like that? Well, the amazing thing, again, is there's no, there's no mystery to inflation, which is increase the money supply without increasing productivity or the number of goods and services available or whatever. And you're going to have inflation. There's no way of getting around this. And there was and Janet increased. Yellen back at the beginning of the administration when they were planning to put, test inflation to see how high they could push it. She said, we're not really worried about it because we have the tools in our toolkit. Yes. They, they, had, they, found, they went in the toolkit and they had one little <laughs> tiny socket wrench and it was only for like, like one particular size. Yeah, they didn't have the socket. Somebody stole them. Yeah, and and now they got and now they got a mess, and they know they got a mess. And the big Larry Summers, who was what he was, I, 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 Secretary of Treasury under Obama, I think, um, he was telling them not to do it too. I mean, anybody who's got it, again economics one hundred and one, um, you could see that this was going to cause inflation. It has done exactly what everyone predicted it would do, and they're still saying, "Gee, how did this happen?" But we're talking to Joe Markley. Joe, don't you think that they, going to the national decision-making, that they decided they needed inflation for some reason? And that's why they 
dove in. Now, maybe it was they needed to spend the money, and I, I guess that's how you buy the votes. You know, they were Had they gotten away with that other package, what was that, another $1.5 trillion oh, yeah. or something, yeah. $1.8 trillion? Had they gotten away with that, can you imagine the, the condition? If, if it wasn't for Joe Manchin, the hero of the century, where would we be? Yes, that's that's exactly right too. I I don't think anyone I, I, they couldn't have wanted nine percent inflation, which they know is gonna is gonna bite them. Um, but I do think that they that, that you know the Fed always has this thing of having an inflation target of two percent, mm-hmm. and you think I don't even know why we need two percent. What's the, the I, I don't see anything good about inflation in and of itself. Zero would be fine with me on a, on a permanent basis, but I think it does give. The values of things appreciate, and people feel like they're getting ahead, even if all that's happening is their their assets are going up in in response to the, the cost. Yeah, it makes up. you feel but, like uh, the economy's growing because it's it inflating, which is different. Yeah, but uh, this is this is not going to end well. And I mean, again, my hope is that uh, people remember who was responsible for it. And the policies, again, it's not just a matter of blaming the Democrats. My goodness, the Republicans didn't cover themselves with glory in, in, in terms of spending and deficits. The four years under Trump was big, big spending increases and big deficits. Um, we got to get away from these policies. And, uh, and I, 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 I don't know that the current Republican Party has the nerve to do it either, although things get bad enough, they might not have any choice. Well, that's pretty interesting. The, um, you know, the damage done by these people is monumental. And I wonder if there's a chance for people because you're a small government guy, right? And and absolutely, isn't this the? Don't they give us a lesson every day, an acute lesson, in just how dangerous they are? The most dangerous people in the world are these government people. I mean, like who else could do so much damage to us and walk around proudly, acting like they're they're good at their jobs? You know, and the danger is again that you that Republicans and Democrats get into an argument about who can run government better, when the argument should be the argument you try to make every day, Todd, which is why do we need it? I, somebody was just saying to me about, um, you know, we've got to stand up against these unfunded mandates. I said, forget unfunded. I don't care if they give us the money for them or not. What are what are they giving us mandates for? Why are they telling the towns what to do? Why are they telling us what to do? as individuals why don't they leave us alone well there is a good question but i thought that's where we differed didn't you say to me a couple of weeks ago you're not so much a uh i don't know there there, there was some discrepancy between yeah, our belief so you're, systems. You're, you got a good memory i said i'm not as much a libertarian i'm more of a at least yes relative to you and to my great friend and hero rob sampson i'm a little more of a conservative maybe mm-hmm. but i guess i'd say that extends to saying Existing, existing systems, things that exist and have function. I'm not necessarily in favor of kicking over quickly, but uh, that's not to say I want to see more government by any means. I want to see less government. We, we, I think the argument becomes how far can we cut it back? And what I'd like to do is say, let's get moving in that direction, and then we can argue about where to stop. Yeah, I'd like to go straight back to zero and start building from there. <laughs> I'm, I'm with you. Hey, if that's the deal, if I could get that deal, uh, I would take it. <laughs> All right, Joe Markley, always great to talk with you. Thank you for being here. My pleasure. Thanks, Todd. All righty.
That's former State Senator Joe Markley, former candidate for lieutenant governor, and, uh, you know, smart guy in terms of politics because he's done his time in the State Senate and, and he knows how it all works. So um, next hour, we'll take phone calls to start off because a bunch of people have been waiting to talk. And we've got rants to do. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.